welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another year of the Listen In Podcast. We are entering year four, Jake. No, Sean, many people anticipated that we wouldn't come back. Um, but to the haters... All the haters and losers, of which there are many... We say... We're ringing in 2019. We are with the ringing rest in 2019. No one um, actually said any of what I said. No, no, but we are back for another year of music talk, uh, lively discussion, critical analysis, uh, lots of laughs, probably some nihilism mixed in there. That's all what you can expect in uh, the year 2019 with the Listening Podcast. There really are two podcasts in yes. in in the Listening Podcast. We have um, in each episode we have about an hour of music discussion, and then we have. Our musings from before the episode, which airs after, of us really pretty much bitching about life. Pretty much, yeah. Every now and then you'll get like a positive, like good discussion in there. Yeah. But most of the time it's just complaining about the state of the world. Um, Jake, 2019, it can't possibly be as bad as 2018, right? Yeah, I think it definitely can and it can be worse. <laughs> oh no. I mean like, I, I, just in terms of... <laughs> No, Sean, you are incorrect. <laughs> no, I mean, just in terms of, like, world events and yeah. the trajectory of the country. Okay, it could be worse, yeah. obviously. Will it, though? I, I have a better feeling about this year. Maybe that's just me personally and me trying to, like... Maybe, I mean, here's the thing. If we're talking politics, there's more checks in balances now sure. to the yeah. shit that's been going down. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, maybe it'll be a better year. Okay. And in terms of just a springboard to starting the episode, yes, it's going to be a better year. <laughs> it will year. be a better year. It's going to be better. And we've got a lot of good music that's coming out. But we first, do. you wanted to talk about a few albums you gave a listen in the last week of yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into our most anticipated albums of 2019, uh, let me shout out a few that I listened to late 2018. These did not make our end of the year list, but I wanted to shout them out because they deserve it. Uh, a lot of rap albums I caught up on in that last week. Now... Once we make our list and we head into Christmas and the new year, I use that time to kind of catch up on a lot of stuff I missed. This year, it was the new 21 Savage album. I Am is greater than I was. Um, just got a review on Pitchfork today. Got a 7.8. That's a pretty accurate. I would put it in that camp. If you like that style of rap, you'll definitely find some things to enjoy there. Um, definitely recommend checking it out for you jake and i definitely recommend checking out some of the to. older 21 savage stuff i feel like he's making a play for being one of the biggest rappers right now and i think in the coming weeks before things really start to pick up with new music we should do like a state of the union for rap coming from two white guys from new hampshire who, i think that would be who, really who better to hear it from? exactly we really have our finger on the pulse um also jpeg mafia uh, put out an album called Veteran this year. This was uh, a little more on the, not experimental, but I think a little more aggressive or political side of things than maybe 21 Savage was, but that was definitely worth checking out. And then Lil Baby and Gunna put out maybe the most fun trap uh, kind of luxury rap album this year called Drip Harder. Uh, a lot of talk about off-white V-lons and paddocks on their wrist and things like that. Uh, very fun album. Can't say it has a ton of staying power. Uh, I listened to this like nonstop for three days straight and I was like, okay, like I've had enough of this. Um, what I was telling people at New Year's Eve, I was like, if Travis Scott is the equivalent of like trap music cocaine, Lil Baby and Gunna are like crack cocaine yes. where it's like, it's so... Just like concentrated, but it's only going to last for a little bit of time. 
Really, really fun album, though. I do recommend checking that out if you're just into, like, nonstop melody and hooks that you're going to get sick of soon, but very, very fun. And then the last one, Jake, totally opposite side of the spectrum, is the Sandro Perry album that came out this year. Really kind of an EP. It was only four songs long, but this song uh, and title track, In Another Life, is like 24 minutes long and is such a vibe and is such just like a mood. And I've really been enjoying that too. That's a great song to listen to uh, if you're kind of buckling down and doing some work or kind of want to fall asleep or just want to like zone out a little but don't want to listen to like ambient. It's got like ambient and electronic vibes but filtered through a rock song still in a way. Um, Dan Behar of Destroyer shows up on this album too. Worth checking out. Um, so really enjoyed all four of those albums. This had the vibe of like we just went to you in the field. Like I'm back here. Mm-hmm. I'm like the anchor sitting doing God knows what back in the back in the booth while we're like now down to our end of 2018 roundup correspondent Sean Howe with a report from the end of last year. Sean, and you're like yeah. You, there's a Jake, little delay. Thanks. Uh, you know, a lot of good <laughs> rap this year. Um. There's a delay. Yeah, you know, Jake, they're saying that this was a, the biggest year for rap yet. It goes into like a badly edited video montage. No, that's great, man. And those are all albums I want to check out and have thus far been uh, too lazy or just not taking the time yeah, to listen to. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, but Jake, I think this brings us to our conversation about most anticipated albums of 2019. This is always one of my favorite episodes. I get excited for it. It kicks off the year in a cool way. So... What we're going to do here, listeners, I'll give you a rundown of the format. What we're going to do is talk about albums that have been confirmed to come out this year that we are excited about and are on our radar. Then we're going to get into albums that uh, people have been talking about coming out this year. They're most likely coming, but we don't have an official release date or we don't have an official album title yet. There's a lot in that category. People are playing it kind of coy as they... Are, uh, want to do as a, as sort of a clarifier. I think the distinction between those two groups really is the confirmation of a release, release date. date. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. in that first category, it's pretty small because those are ones that pretty much are just January through March, and they're pretty ones much. where we know the date. Yeah, and then the last category is: Are we sure this is even happening? And yeah. we have a handful of albums here that have been teased for years in some cases, or there's just been whispers or possibilities of this. Um, And then we'll round out the episode by doing some of our 2019 over-under bets between Jake and I, uh, where we bet, um, I think it's uh, a year's rent, is that? Is that what we uh, decided on, Jake? Oh, I think last year it was when I won, but yeah. this I don't remember setting the stakes as such oh, okay, in 2018. Okay. Well, we'll have to clarify that when, when we you get won. there. But uh, yeah, so we'll do some fun over-unders in terms of uh, total number of Pitchfork Best New Musics, and then we will be guessing some album scores for uh, certain artists as well. They ultimately are Pitchfork over They're Pitchfork over-unders, basically. And in past years, we did some that were more like general cultural takes those were harder to quantify and ultimately less fun to do this with because even doing like a metacritic score is kind of hard because there's such a a, a, like honestly most of these albums are going to get between a 70 and an 80 maybe an 85 that's like not that fun yeah and yeah with pitchfork part of like what has always been both loved and parodied or maligned whatever you want to say about them is like their very meticulous rating score. 
the kind right. of arbitrary nature of that, and the fact that I, and, you know, that I think we're speaking to in some ways is the fact that you sort of can predict and set a line on them, like you're betting. Yes, like I think sometimes we're pretty fucking close. I think we're pretty good. We had some last year where an over under was decided by a by a decimal point. Oh, I know. Like I think with Lucy Dacus and Camp Cope, you won both of those. But I think the lines we set for them were like. 8.0, 8.1, and they both hit within a decimal point. We would be able to rival Vegas casinos for our ability to set lines, but only with pitchfork scores, what not we, with anything else. What we really are doing is uh, is is trying our hand as bookmakers. We are. We uh, absolutely Bookkeepers, are. not so, bookmakers. No, bookmakers. Bookmakers yeah. is yeah, yeah, the right yeah. phrase? Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. yes we'll edit that out in post. Uh, Jake, let's dive in here. So Do you want to, in terms of format, let's go back and forth, maybe. Yeah, just on uh, by by each artist. Yes, yes. Let's do that. So the, we're going to start out with our confirmed albums that are coming out in the first part of the year. First one, Jake, Deer Hunter, coming out on January eighteenth. Uh, this album is called. I Why c- hasn't everything already disappeared? Yeah. Um, so this is coming out on the 18th, like I said. This is their first album since 2015's Fading Frontier, which was really good. I, I really like that. I'm going to be excited to see what Bradford Cox and company have cooked up this time around because I think the main conversation around Deer Hunter and indie rock in general is it's the end of the 2010s. It, the decade started with these types of bands kind of being the critical darlings and being the main sound in indie rock and in, you know, music in general. And now that has changed. Where does Deer Hunter fit in here? Where do you see, you know, how do you see this album being received? Um, Well, so we'll get to the line bit later. But I think with Deer Hunter, man, they've, they've stayed pretty steady. I mean, even through Fading Frontier, which... Like you said, came out 2015. That seems exceptionally long ago now. Doesn't it? But even then, we were having virtually the same discussion. Yeah. I remember our our commentary being similar about how it was sort of Fading Frontier was sort of a apropos name really in a is. sense. Yeah. That got a Best New Music, got an 8.4 from Pitchfork. Yeah. Um, so tough to say, but I, I think probably... You know, the, uh, it probably won't be the focus of as right. many music critics and music uh, reviews. But yeah. I, I, it's it, they've been a tough one to predict because, like with Monomania, the reviews went down a little bit. With something right. like Halcyon Digest, it's widely considered a classic. A classic. Yeah. Um, Same I th- with I, I the, uh, Microcastle. It, yeah, honestly, I think it depends which which Deer Hunter we're getting based on the sound. Like the the one single I heard yeah. at the end of last year sounds like we're getting Halcyon Digest. Yes, it does. I like that single. Yeah, and that's my favorite kind of deer hunter. Me too. Me too. Um, I've never gotten way into the other kind of stuff. Jake, we have another big album coming out on the 18th. That's going to be the first important day in yeah. in 2019 for music. Right. So you'll just have to hear us bluster on yes. for the next week. Um, Sharon Van Etten with uh, "Remind Me Tomorrow." Now, does this have "Comeback Kid" on it? It does. Um, so "Comeback Kid" was a big song, especially for Sean, but yes. I also really liked it last year. Um, that's on this album. Sharon Van Etten is someone who seems to be making a stylistic departure here with this record. It seems like she's swinging for a big pop yes, sort I, of, yeah. um, you know, a, a more impactful release in terms of popularity. Yep, I can see that one getting received pretty well. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Girl Pool coming out with a, another record on February 1st, Jake. Now their last album, that came out in 2017, 2016? Yeah. You know what's funny is like I'm I'm mixing up the imagery between Girl Pool, who I think I'm picturing, yeah. and Let's Eat Grandma. 
Who, oh, okay. I, I always do that with Charlie Bliss in Girl Pool. Yeah, I always mix them I up. I am trying to remember which band they actually yeah. are in this moment. But I <laughs> <laughs> Which is maybe not the best. Maybe not look. a good sign. Uh, I have been hearing good things about this album though. This is one this, so this in 2017 their album that they put out got a ton of good press. Yes. I think we both liked it but didn't love it, right? Yes, that is that is exactly what happened. This one again I'm hearing buzz about it. We'll see if it lives up to the hype or if we're left feeling a little empty has a cool name what chaos is imagery that's a, that sounds cool that comes sounds out cool. february 1st okay um after that let's see we've also got uh, a new panda bear release on february the 8th yeah uh, it's called buoys yeah um his last full length was it panda bear versus the grim reaper or yeah. was that yeah. yeah yeah which was i think 2014 2015 2015 beginning of 2015 yeah. January. I, I love I love that album. Panda Bears an all time and Animal Collective in general are all time like we're gonna release albums in January, February. I know, right? It always seems yeah. to be the case with them. I am excited for that. I, I'm always down for Panda Bear. Uh American Football Jake confirmed putting out a new album March twenty second. It's also titled American Football. Now, I do not love American football as much as maybe the next guy does, or maybe as much as Ian Cohen or Ian Cohen-like people do. People of his ilk. Now, uh, I can appreciate the twinkle emo sound. It's just not my favorite. I will still give this a listen, and they're obviously always very well-reviewed. So Now, this is... So, they since they came back from their debut, which was really their only album for a long time, yeah. this is the second album yes. they've done since then, right? In, yes. Yeah, so they had their comeback album, I think, at the end of 2016... And now we'll have another new one. Which was year. received sort of more with a whimper than a roar, as I recall. Yeah, I don't think I, it was I, exactly well-loved. Didn't, didn't it come out at the end of the year? And like, it, I think it just got kind of lost in the end-of-the-year conversation. Sort of that. And I also think that a lot of people were like, yeah, it's good. Like, Yeah, and I think... I don't remember it getting a ton of love, and I think it yeah. felt like a bit of a departure, maybe. Well... In I, some small ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right. So, um, And then what's our last confirmed album? Jake? Yeah, Lana Del Rey with uh, her new album, Norman Fucking Rockwell, which comes out uh, March 29th. That's the furthest out yes. release date we have so far, at least yes. in the ones that we have on our list. Uh, this is a potentially exciting one because um, based on... Um, the Venice Bitch single. Yeah. And what's the and, other one called? Uh, Mariner's Hotel Complex. Mariner's Hotel Complex. Seems like she's sort of, like, in a, in a similar but very different stylistic vein to what Sharon Van Etten is doing. She seems to be taking a pretty big swing here. Yeah. Um, feels like maybe, uh, if Venice Bitch is any indication, maybe a little more experimental, a little more willing to take risks, maybe some more drawn-out song structures. Yeah, on and you got Jack Antonoff producing, who uh, was obviously the producer on Lord's Melodrama, which was one of our favorite records of and 2017. Just like so, a massive producer yeah. in general. Like, yeah. his, Feels like he gets the best out of people. He's in fun. He's in, like... Yep. The stuff that he produces is always massive sounding. I, however, it's interesting, though, because I think that Venice Bitch is not at all, like... What I think of as like the typical Jack Antonoff right. sound, but I think that's probably a good thing. It is a good you thing. It, like, it'll be more yeah. interesting for me because yeah. I don't think his sound is always what I'm right. into, as impressive and as popular as it is. Uh, really quick, also, sure. 
uh, Girl Pool, the album was Power Plant. Power Plant, that's right. I okay. can kind of picture the art, but I couldn't I remember too. it. Yeah. And it was, I think, what I remember happening with this album was that the first few songs were really cool or something, right. and it like kind of came on a little bit near the end of the year for us. It was like kind of yeah. a grower. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but it didn't make a didn't total stick. Totally. Like I haven't, impact. I haven't gone back and listened to that since that year. No, neither have I. It didn't really neither stick. Yeah. Uh, okay, so those are the ones that are confirmed, Jake. Let's get into the ones that are that we're most likely getting that we've heard pretty strong rumors about, but we don't have an official release date yet. The first big one, Kanye West, Yandi. We were supposed to get this at the end of 2018. In November. In November. We have not gotten it. Um, do you think we'll actually get it, number one? Um, I do. Okay. When? August. I'm holding you to that. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a Jake guarantee. No, in fact, you know what's funny is I think of our three categories of no idea whether we're getting it, most likely getting, or like confirmed. Obviously, we don't have a date, but we have had a date on this I before. Know. So this is one that like in theory could have fit in any of those <laughs> it's categories. Right, it's true, yeah. Um, and in truth, I'm I don't know where I believe it should go. Like I know. like this feels the most like this category feels. The best because it's just like I don't know what the fuck to even say about this one. It, 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 like either. for all I know, there's not even songs yet. I know. Okay. Yes, I agree. Part of me is like, this is a Kanye West like fever dream that he cooked up, where he's like, "Yup, I'm putting out Yandi follow up to Yeezus." Yeah. And it's actually there's no songs. There's nothing. Yeah. It's chaos, and it's gonna be worse than Ye. The other part of me is thinking 2018 was just. A bad misstep by Kanye, and he's going to turn it around with this Yeezus follow-up, and we're going to get another classic from him. I think what's more likely is the former, because with Kanye West, again, I think the issue we're dealing with is mental illness and like yeah. deteriorating I mental know. health. I it know. does not feel like he is someone who maybe is as capable as he was of doing that kind of stuff. I know, I agree. Which is really, really sad. And I like agree. the stuff he's doing, obviously, is upsetting, and it sucks. Like yeah. all the MAGA hat stuff. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it feels like I, I don't know if I were if I'm betting, I don't think 2019 is gonna make it better because I, 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 I don't have, get a sense that he's taking the precautionary steps. Yeah, necessary. So we'll see, but uh, there is another Kanye album on the horizon. What about this next one, Jay? Yeah, on a more po- slightly more positive note, I would say um, Ezra Koenig and Vampire Weekend will be back with a new album. I think this is all but confirmed for like it, the first yeah. half of this year. Yes. I don't know the we don't have the title of the album. Uh, newly a father, Sean Ezra Koenig. That's right with Rashida Jones, which like came out of nowhere. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Uh, well, not for them. It took nine months, but um, <laughs> and probably some some more time before then yep. to work up to the you know the whole sure, having a baby sure. phase. Uh, this will be an interesting one, man, because I was thinking about it the other day. It's been almost six years since Modern Vampires of that the City. That blows my mind. So Six years, the better part of a decade. A couple things around that. Like, really quick, yeah. before you say the couple things, think about how, this is how I put it in perspective, think about how vast the difference between an album that came out in 1993 versus an album that came out in 1999 seems to you. Yeah. That's the difference yeah. between these two Vampire Weekend albums. That's fucking crazy. So yeah. well, the two things are... Does Vampire Weekend still matter as much in 2019 as they did in 2013? My answer is no. Well, well no, but it's impossible for them to. They uh, it would have been possible if they'd kept putting out music consistently. I, I feel don't like. think I don't think it would have been. I feel like they, every band like this hits a peak at a certain point. Like they they sort of hit I think a creative and and cultural impact peak. And you know, taking time off is definitely something that does not help. 
Right. Um, but it just feels like the culture today so much um, appreciates and and values. I feel like new young artists. Yeah. In my, I don't know, yep. man. But I mean, like some of the biggest are like Taylor Swift and people like that. But right. to me, those feel like. Like I like sort of like divas and yeah. icon divas the wrong way. I feel like that's a fucking loaded word. Right. But you know no, what I'm and saying. I know what you mean. I, yeah. I do know what you mean. And the, the other piece of this though is I did hear. I forget if it was the producer of this album or Vampire Weekend's manager or somebody. Somebody close to the band said this will be like your favorite album of 2019 or whatever. So I, mean, like, I don't know. Here's the thing: is like he. It does seem like Ezra Koenig has certainly been working hard at it. I mean. It's taken six years, yeah. and there were rumors that this was coming out as far back as 2015, I think. I think so. And I, We've uh, been talking about this on this most yeah. anticipated podcast every single year that we've had it. The So, the uh, alleged title, and I think it's a joke, is Mitsubishi Macchiato. It, I think that is a joke. I think it's definitely a joke, but the word Macchiato is awesome. <laughs> I really like it. They they do cool uh, album titles. I mean, yes, Contra is a nice, it's just a single word. But a cool, cool word nonetheless. Modern Vampires of the City is awesome. an awesome album title. Uh, I'm going to rip through a few here, Jake. Yep. Because um, I don't think we need to go into detail with all of these. We don't. Here, So we have The Strokes potentially coming out with one. Flying Lotus. TV on the Radio. White Reaper. M83. Tear a whack. Now that's quite the collection of artists there. Uh, an which, which one of those, Jake, would you most be looking forward to? Uh, for me, it comes down to Flying Lotus and Tear a Whack. Okay, that are the ones that are, I'm most excited for. I really loved. I actually like a lot of Flying Lotus's work. You're Dead is the most recent example in terms of an album that he's come out with. But Cosmogramma and um, oh that middle one. I'm, I think it's Until the Quiet Comes. Yeah. Those are really cool albums, and I loved Whack World last year. I I would agree with you on the Tierra Whack one. Just what she was doing on Whack World, I, I can't wait to see what she does next. I have to say, though, between M83, White Reaper, TV on the Radio, and The Strokes, in a way, weirdly, well, maybe not, definitely not White Reaper, but the other ones are true indie legacy acts at this point, yeah. and I think their best work is all behind them. That being said... I'm always going to be interested in what the Strokes are putting out just because it's the Strokes. And like what that means. Me too. And what the conversation around the Strokes inevitably always ends up being. But if you were to bet now which will be a better record, the Strokes or TV on the radio, what would you say? Because my answer is TV on the radio. Probably TV on the radio. I think it's a safer pick. I feel like it'll just be better. I mean, better is a relative term. What I think I really mean is it will be received better, which will color my mentality around it, making me think it is better. Fair. Yeah, um, that's true. M83, I have never really taken the time to get that into. Hurry Up or Dreaming's great. Other than that, I've had a hard time breaking in with much else by them. Next but. here, we we have a, a couple of our... feels like a, the roots we've gotten away from on the podcast because 2018 was a dearth of, uh, if that's the right word, yeah. there was very little of... Uh, good emo and pop punk music. Yeah, it was a tough year for those. What do we have coming down the pike, though, Jake? New albums from the Hotel Year and Pup. Very excited for both of these because they put out two of my favorite albums of 2016. Incredible albums, and and their previous work is great too. So good. Um, yeah, it does seem like that genre or that scene got off the rails a bit. I'm hoping we can course correct with these two records. I would say I'm maybe a hair more excited for Pup, although 
the songwriting from Christian Holden of Hotel Year is just so good. Uh, Christian we, Holden, a like world class poker player. Yeah. Yeah. He, and there couldn't be a better name for him than Christian Holden. I know, right? It just reminds me of like uh, Holden Caulfield or something. <laughs> right, like, right, right. Maybe the fact that one of those words is in it is yeah, the reason yeah, why. Probably, yeah. I think that that Pup is the one that right now, if you ask me which one would you rather listen to right this second, yeah. it would be that one. Yeah. Hotelier, I think, will ultimately be a little better. You know what I'm hoping for, Jake, is we get Pup in like May or June when the weather starts being really nice. Hotelier fall. And you can, yeah, and you can like blast Pup in your car as you're driving and it's just going to be like, I hope a good summer record. Definitely more fall for Hotelier. That'd be, that'd be nice. A late like August that. release, yeah, an early yeah. September type of thing. A uh, couple, few, few right here, Jake, that, you know, I will definitely listen to, uh, but can't say I am over the moon excited for. They're more interesting than anything. Rackham Tours, Jack White is putting this band back together. Uh, we also have a new Hatchy record and Jessica Pratt. So all of these, I think, are have core fan bases in their own right. I can't say that they're like completely on brand for our podcast. No, the Rock and Tours. I might not even listen to to be honest, yeah. unless it gets like amazing reviews or there's it anything won't. crazy I guarantee about it. it. Yeah, Hatchy, I'll probably give a listen. Uh, Super Poppy. Um, that EP she put out was pretty cool. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, and Jessica Pratt, I'll probably check out as well. The, so this next category, Sean, I'm calling. I this is the, the this what I'm about to say is the name of the category. Yes. It's the I think they both collaborated with. Uh, Frank Ocean category. Yeah. And that's Sandy Alex G and Solange. Interesting. Um, yeah. So Sandy Alex G, we both loved, um, and I'm forgetting the name of the album, had the rocket, rocket. had the goat on the front. Mm-hmm. Um, what a weird album stylistically. I listened to it again a couple weeks ago. Holy shit, is that good. It's so good. It dude. holds up so well. It's better than I remember it, actually. Yeah, man. I That, that album blew me away when it yeah. came out. I, one of my regrets of live music going in the last few years was missing him yeah. opening for Fleet Foxes, although... Didn't we like not know that he was opening? Yeah, we like only found out when we got there or something stupid. I don't know. We really dropped the ball on that. We did big time. Solange... Um, Hit it huge with her last album. Uh, and songs the table, like, yeah. Yeah, and Cranes, Cranes in, the Sky in the Sky was the... Uh, Do you know that Cranes in the Sky is not referring to, like, Crane the Bird? It's referring to literal, like, cranes on a skyline? We're talking Crane Count. Crane Count. <laughs> I think about Crane Count every other day. There, There's a crane near my mm-hmm. workplace that has become fabled amongst me and a select group of yes. other people at work. Crane Count. Who have a joking organization called Crane... That's about admiring cranes. Um, uh, so, that's great. You know, obviously, great always, stuff, never too. a dull day at work. You <laughs> great know? stuff. What's his next one here, Sean? Uh, we have uh, Tame Impala uh, that I've heard is coming summer of 2019. Uh, kind of an industry insider, so no big deal there. But Kevin oh, who Parker. Are you or the, pers- uh, the me, person whose me, article you read? Me, because I read the article. That makes me an industry insider, uh, right, and right. I have this podcast. Uh, so, Tame Paula following up from, again, they haven't put out a record since 2015, although Kevin Parker's been collaborating with a lot of people, Travis Scott included. He actually played with Travis Scott on SNL this year, which was really cool. So, I'm excited to see if Kevin Parker is still going to do, like, psychedelic rock, or if it's going to kind of go into any other sound. As much as I love Currents... I did re-listen to it recently. I can't say it was like the sound or the vibe that I was most feeling. 
I, I honestly, man, like I love both Currents and uh, the previous album, which was can't love it that much. <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to remember all the names. Lonerism. Lonerism. I was yep. thinking. I was thinking Endorse Toi, which is the second <laughs> second track on the album. Um, I I prefer Lonerism in that sound yeah. overall. However, Currents is great, and track for track is so, so well written. Yeah. Um, what I anticipate is that he'll continue down the trend, like that the trend line that those two albums have, which is away from guitar heavy rock on Lonerism yeah. toward more synth pop stuff. Sure. Yep. Um, I imagine it just gives him more versatility in terms of the amount of sounds he can incorporate, the way he can manipulate those sounds. Yep. Um, although he did a pretty incredible job of that with the guitar, too. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. A but, talent, for sure. Yeah, yeah. From Down Under. Yes. Uh, not an important part, but he is. Interesting, nonetheless. Um, the Cure. Don't have much to say about The Cure. No, it's in, it just, you know, it's interesting that, you know, it's great they're still putting out music. And Robert Smith's still Very important, it. yeah. Um, yeah. And then we have the return of what I think was my second favorite album of 2016. Yeah. Uh, Whitney. Whitney, yeah. Um, back with their second full-length album. Yeah. Um, this is a, a duo uh, who put out the album Light Upon a Lake, Upon the Lake, I yeah. think is what it was called. Um, incredible sort of like reverb and sort of sun-drenched sounding California pop rock. This would be a great summer album to get to came out in june the summer let's let's do that again let's run it back again guys that'd be awesome uh a few rap ones for you here jake run the jewels lil wayne joey badass now lil wayne put out carter five this past year which was surprisingly good uh some great collaborations on there way too long but still a good album I have never been the biggest Run the Jewels fan. I know you love them and all of our friends do. I'm the odd man out on that. Yeah, I, I, I'd be pumped for a new Run the Jewels album. Um, uh, and then Joey Badass, uh, I did, you know, nice track this year. Uh, no, that was Joey Perp. Sorry. Uh, I mean, there's too many Joeys. <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah, bottom line. Yeah. Um, run, I can't, you know, I don't know that I'd be that excited for any of those. Give I, me more like 21 Savage and Travis Scott. You're you're on a trap binge right now, Dude, like oh, crazy. Need it, want which it, is you know that's a good it. corner, and I I'm happy that that you're having that moment. Give me all the run the jewels you got yeah, though, because yeah. I I love those albums, especially two and three, really really especially two. Three is I think there's there's some awesome moments on it. There were moments on that album also though where I will acknowledge that some of their like self parody yeah graded me a little bit. Um, Quick ranking of their three albums for you. Two, 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 three, one. Two, three, one. Okay. One I've okay. listened to only a couple times, okay. and like for some reason don't have that much interest Fair. in going back to. Okay. Three is actually like excellent. It's yeah. like two tracks too long. Yes. Probably like a total of eight to ten minutes too long. Yes. But the highs are really, really high. Mm-hmm. Um, two is the most consistent yep. artistic statement throughout. Like yep. I really like every song yep. on that album. Cool. Um, we got we got a chance the rapper suite here. Yeah, we do. Slash childish Gambino suite. So okay, here's these are the anticipated albums. Keep keep up here, listeners. I, yes, a chance the rapper and Kanye West collaboration. Uh, I feel like some of these could have actually been in the next category, potentially. But you know, whatever. We don't know what Kanye is going to do. So we don't. This one especially feels dicey given Kanye's state. Yeah. So that's the the the, the presumed title is good ass job on mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Next, we have a chance the rapper collab with Childish Gambino. Title to be announced. Then we have Childish Gambino solo album, Chance the Rapper solo album. Yeah. Um, and then for good measure to keep in the rap yep. uh, sort of genre here, Schoolboy Q with a new album. Uh, so 
Here's here's a question for you, Sean. Yeah. Are you more excited for the notion of a chance in Kanye or a chance in Gambino collab give, with the understanding of where Kanye West is at now? Oh, it's a good question. It's a tough one. I think just in terms of morbid curiosity, yep. a Chance the Rapper and Kanye West collaboration would be the most interesting if they can reach the highs of uh, Ultra Light Beam and we get an album of Ultra Light Beams, sign me up. Yeah, I, I think that that's where I would be. Like, if I'm being a contrarian or if I'm trying to be more, like, trendy, I think the one that sounds better right now is is Chance and Gambino. Right. Uh, but the one I'm more excited... I, I'm a sucker for Kanye West. I always yes. will be. Now, now, you're hoping here that Chance is actually going to maybe rein Kanye in a little and keep him focused. And in it sounds like that's exactly what he did on Life of Pablo. Yeah. He's, he told him to do specific things... And that would have been a different album if Chance wasn't involved with it. Helped him with some... He guided him towards certain so, creative choices. I, I'm going to say the highest highs I think we can get here is that collaboration. That being said, I think you're right. Consistency and just like... It might be the Chance and Gambino collab. Seems like it would be pretty cool. Especially since I thought that... Donald Glover had taken a shot at Gim, at um, at Chance in that episode of Atlanta about um, about like the trendy sort of like rappers who go to streaming services and like perform there. I thought that was I thought they were taking a chance uh, a shot it, at it, Chance. It, it definitely could have been. <laughs> and with the one who was like the the YooHoo commercials, or, <laughs> that was a little yachty, roughly. But yeah, it's, like, it's also yeah. a larger trend of yes. like Chance the rapper did Kit Kat commercials. Yes, like yes. which is you know that's no small brand. So. Is that for sure coming? Like, do we know where? Where did you hear that? No, I don't know. I think I remember reading some crit, some like article or some review that mentioned that, or th- it was speculative at best. So I, I think it's interesting. I would pay so much money to have all of these rappers like give their honest opinion of like all of these other rappers and oh, like too. you know who really be- spill the the beans on what's going on there i think the 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 best one to hear that actually would be donald glover because I agree. even though he's not my favorite of those rappers he would probably be near the bottom in terms of his ability to rap his music in general his perspective on life is so like detached and interesting yes. like that article i forget who i think it was the new yorker maybe yep or one of those sort of like legacy. Yeah, I think we, it was the New Yorker. We do features on right. People magazines. Did one on on Donald Glover, and it was really compelling. And he sounds like he maybe needs help because he sounded very depressed. It also seems like Donald Glover has the most remove from like the rap scene because he's like, well, I have all this other shit going on. I just yeah. happen to like rap sometimes, and it does sound like. Maybe Childish Gambino is going away after some of these upcoming releases. Like, he's not going to continue touring or putting out music. I'm not 100% sure. He did have a feature on the new 21 Savage album that was pretty good. Um, so, I don't know. I, I would love to hear his opinion on people. But So, I'll ask you this. Yeah. Um, collaboration albums aside, Childish Gambino or Chance the Rapper, which are you more excited for? I feel like neither are rappers that you really get up for no. that much. But which one are you more... Chance, because I think he means more to rap right now. Um, and I think the potential for a classic is always there with Chance, where I just I don't feel like that's the case with Childish Gambino. As much as I love Donald Glover and think he's a genius, you're right. It, like I like some songs here and there by him. I've never been taken though by all of his stuff. So though, if we get an album stylistically in this in the way that this is America went, that could be yeah. really cool yeah, yeah, because absolutely. I I appreciate it even 
even taking aside the uh, the the visual elements right. of that music video, like the way that song sounded was really it's awesome. cool. Yeah, yeah. A few more here. Yeah, we have uh, Charlie Bliss, which is a band we mentioned before, kind of in that pop punky power pop power pop ish uh, genre. Not a ton to say about that one, but these last two are very interesting. Jake, the 1975 and Grimes, mm-hmm. uh, both slated for for new albums. So the 1975 obviously put one out. In 2018, very well received. What's this new one called? Notes on a Conditional Form. Yeah. Don't really know what that means. Me neither. It sounds cool. I, from what I've heard, or I think I read somewhere, that it is a companion piece to the album that they put out this year. Um, so, what do you think we have for a length here, Sean? 75, 85 <sighs> minutes? I, something I, in that I realm? not just want, Jake, but need this to be less than 40 minutes. Yeah, man. Well, like, it feels like it's time from them. They so that's their problem is their albums are especially this last one two or three songs long. They need to cut the filler. They do. They do. Because if they cut filler, then Brief Inquiry would have been a classic. I truly I really really think that if the last three songs were like not there. Yeah, and it's a matter of perspective, but also like I think there's some people and I'm saying this because I am one who are turned off by their what I find kind of soulless production in terms of the sound. It's just mm. it's so some of those songs are great. And again, mm-hmm. like today I was thinking I was like I'd like to listen to like Give Yourself a Try. I'd like to listen to some of those other like mm-hmm. really cool songs from on online relationships, but I was like ah, I just am turned off by the other stuff. I know I can listen to the songs by themselves, yeah. but I was like it, that's the stuff that turned me off from listening to that album yeah. a lot. No, I hear you. Anyways, and anyways, we've been down one, this though, road before. Yeah, Grimes is going to be very interesting, Jake, because for a few reasons, and we'll get into this more with the over-unders, but this album seems like it's been delayed with label disputes and collaboration disputes, and Grimes, once a critical darling, feels like the the, the worm has turned... Or the you know it seems like public discourse around Grimes has turned slightly negative, especially with her relationship to Elon Musk. Yeah, here's here's a PR one hundred and one for you. Yeah, uh, for for Grimes, um, after you start dating famed and controversial um, tech mogul mm-hmm. Elon Musk, a move not to do is release a song called "We Appreciate Power." Yeah, doesn't doesn't like look even if the song is good, which I actually thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I didn't love it, yeah, but I thought it was either. I thought it was all right. People are gonna read into that, and people right. are gonna be like, "Okay, Grimes, we lost yeah. her. She's yeah. she's gone." Just some suspect moves over what, the last year or so, which is devastating for a lot of fans. But for me, it's I really really am bummed because Art Angels has been one of the albums that it was one of my favorites of that year, and I thought it it has appreciated over time. I've listened to that album a shit ton since then. You know what we need to prepare ourselves for, Jake, are the takes of Grimes was never that good. And like, I never even really liked Grimes that much. Like that will be coming. Not if Jake, but when this album gets like underwhelming reviews, yeah, that is going to be the take from a lot of, a lot of people. It probably will. And that's a shame. Uh, but yeah, it seemed, it's just a tough look where mm-hmm. she's at in yeah, her so life. We'll see. Maybe it, maybe she'll prove everybody wrong and be like, nah, I'm still like awesome. The shit. So, yeah. Uh, one last category here. The are we sure this is even happening category. Um, yeah. And we asked that because a lot of these these artists are notorious for uh, over-promising, under-delivering, so to speak. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Not in terms of the quality, quality but, but just, in terms of under-delivering yeah. as in there just is nothing still. Right. And I think the poster child for this is My Bloody Valentine. Um, yeah. That... 
I feel like a My Bloody Valentine album has been teased every year since 1991, since Loveless came out. It was like, ooh, are we getting another yeah. MBV album? So, again, that's out there. And we did get one in 2013, right? 2012, 2013? Yeah, I think it was 2013. It was just called MBV. Yeah, um, it's good. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's good. Just but... feels like you got to learn from past experiences. Yeah. I, I, I would Don't wager... Don't hold your breath. That with that one or this next one we're talking about, it'll be in our 2020 list, and that's Chromatics. <laughs> yeah, okay. We have been talking about Dear Tommy by the Chromatics on every single episode of our most anticipated albums. It's becoming a running joke. It is our generation's Chinese democracy. It is our generation's, uh, what's that Dr. Dre album that has never come out? Oh, dude, I Recovery or something? No, that's Detox. A, a, Detox. It's our Detox. It Detox. Yeah. Um, What's going on with this, man? Dude, I, I honestly, I don't know enough about the chromatics to speculate. It's but just... it's not like... So, what's his name? Uh, fuck. I, we'll Johnny, him... Johnny Jewel. Okay. It's not like he, he has just become a recluse. He's put out other shit, and he's worked on other stuff. Yeah. Like, what... What's the holdup? And there's been like four singles released from this, all of which are really good. Like, what is the holdup? Literally no idea. I don't know. But it just feels like with both My Bloody Valentine and Chromatics, we might be talking about it in 2020. Yeah. Um, and beyond. Yeah, and beyond. And, yeah. and you know, uh, so these next ones, I would say, don't qualify under the precursor, the sort of the disclaimer I said before about overpromise, underdeliver. Right, right. Because, right. you know, these are people, they've come out with albums somewhat recently. The first is Frank Ocean, where yeah. I feel like this is in this category because it just feels like I, I have no sense as to whether he's really going to put out a new album. Which is exciting, though, because yeah. we could wake up tomorrow and there could have been a new episode of Blonded Radio that he played his new album on and, like, sends the world into a frenzy. Like, that's the excitement that Frank Ocean brings. But it's also frustrating because you're like, well, we just might never, ever get new music from you. Do you remember that bef remember, uh, before Blonde came out, even in the after Endless, people were like... Because he delayed it more. Yeah, I know. Like, another week. Yeah. And remember, it just was like, okay, he's not putting Blonde yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to do I, I do. I, and that's... It's a double-edged sword with him. So, so it might happen. We'll see. These other two, Sky yeah. Ferreira. Sky Ferreira, yeah. Masochism is the name of this album. This has been delayed, I think, like two years probably. Um, Sky Ferreira, interestingly, what does she have, like two records out? Something and like a well-publicized relationship to Zachary Cole Smith of Dive. Where are they, by the oh, way? Oh, they, they've broken up. Um, They're no longer a thing. No, yeah, I think they broke up almost a year ago at this point. And I think Dive, actually, that could have been one we added. I haven't really seen anybody talking about Dive, but they've been playing shows, and I think they might be coming out with something this year. Oh, I just got so confused because when I said, where are they, I meant Dive. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So to okay. hear you say, oh, they broke oh, up. Oh. They're playing shows again. Oh, 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 I'm so sorry. Okay, no, okay. yeah, no, I meant their I relationship yep. is over. Dive is playing shows Seems like he tried to get clean, but that has been the story of the past. Anyway, Sky Ferreira, masochism, supposed to be coming this year, but again, might get delayed. So, yeah. we'll see. Uh, and then the last one, Jake, Bonnie Iverre. Um, This has been whispered, but again, Justin Vernon is kind of going to like do what he wants. Does a lot of different collaborations. Doesn't seem like he is super motivated to 
always be putting out Bonnie Vare projects. I think that's because he knows the ones he has to take have his A game going. Exactly. For those. Exactly. And Which I appreciate. Like, hey, good. And thus far he really has, man. Absolutely. Going he back, has. all those albums are incredible. Yes. So yes. yeah, the reason this one's in this category is it just feels like speculative to me and it yeah. just it feels like something where I haven't heard much about yeah. him doing stuff so yeah, exactly yeah you know a couple of music insiders so yes we really yes do we are have the say so next year um, now that we've talked about the most anticipated albums we have uh, 15 of them uh, that we want to do the pitchfork over-unders for we yes. also have our general pitchfork rating over-under so just to explain to the audience which we do every year because if you're a new listener, you might not know what the fuck we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We basically apply the concept of sports gambling um, over-unders. So, say in football, they'll say, for a game, the Patriots are playing the Steelers, and the overall score between the two teams is going to be, what, over-under 49.5. And, mm-hmm. and you can either bet that it'll be under 49.5, which means if it's 49 points or less, you would win that bet. Or if it's 50 points or more, you would, you would win that bet if you took the over. Mm-hmm. We apply that to music, and... Specifically, Pitchfork, and we've done this for a few years. We, I, I have a lot of fun with it. I, I think mm. that you know, we both enjoy this, and um, it, it, it's fun to sort of predict and see how far off we are on certain ones yeah. and how close we get. Yes. Um, so the first category is just total Pitchfork best new musics. Um, so going back to 2012, yeah. Um, the average is I think 48.5 yeah. is the average. Yep. Now, last year was like an all-time, well, not all-time, but it was, was the lowest it was since low. 2014. Yeah. We had 41 last year. Yeah. Which I took a bath on because I did. bet a lot of overs last year. Yes. Um, so, what were we thinking of setting the line at this year? Sean? So, I think a fair number is 46 and a half. And here's, here's the argument yep. both ways. The argument for the under is last year was a low year. It was a 41. Um, and we set a high line. And we did set a high line. Now, the argument for the under is that trend continues in 2019. Pitchfork is stingy with their best new musics again, or it's just a weaker music year to round out the decade. The argument for the over is that trend reverses. Yeah, as it's tended to do. Yep, and it flips. We get a very strong year to end the decade. Or Pitchfork says, ooh, we need some more page views. Let's get more best new musics in there. So I think 46.5 is a pretty fair margin to set. Uh, Jake, I will give you the first pick here. Do you want the over or under? I feel like I want the over, um, but we can discuss that if you don't feel like you want the under on it. I'll, I'll take... Oh, you want the over? I do. So if we both want the over, yep. that means the line is too low. So it has to go to 47.5. 47.5. Do you still want the over? Do you? I would take the under then. So would I. So. So what do we do? 40. We could do say. Do we do 47 and there's we, this possibility of a push? Yes. King push. But, uh, all right. Um, what would you take in that case? At a 47? Yeah. Um. It's such a small difference. It basically just means you have to get 47 right. to push. Right. You, you, you're basically getting an insurance of if it hits 47 exactly, you don't win or lose. You right. get your money back, basically. Which we sweat it out for. Yeah. I mean, if we want to go 47, I can take the straight... 
man, I don't know. Do you want the over at forty seven? Yeah, I'll, I'll roll with the. I'll roll with it at forty seven. Sean over Jake under. Okay. Book it. Um. 9.0 album reviews. So these are albums that Pitchfork awards a score of 9 or greater. Um, last year we only got one. We only had one. Going back to 2012 and 2013, we saw numbers like 8 and 7, 5 and 4. Um, the trend has gone down over the past few years. They've yeah. been more stingy with giving out 9s. Now, that could either mean that has been a conscious like publishing decision by them, or we truly just haven't gotten albums that they deem worthy of... Yeah. nine or greater we have it at 2.5 I, I i want the under okay i will give you that and basically i'm doubling down on a strong year and yeah. i'm saying okay we're getting over 47 best new musics at least three of those have to be nines i'll i'll, I'll gamble with that okay. so we're going which is the exact logic i had last year yes. it just is really a matter of like jake under sean over okay Cool. So now, uh, with that out of the way, okay, uh, we'll set the line for 15 artists who we anticipate yes. releasing albums this year. We'll start with the ones that are coming out early in the year. Yep. Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter. Okay. This is interesting, Jake, because like we mentioned earlier in the episode, they've kind of gone like back and forth. You have Microcastle and Halcyon Digest that have gotten Best New Musics and very high scores. Yep. You have Monomania, which dipped down to the sevens. Then you have Fading Frontier that was a low Best New Music, like an 8.4. 8.4. And then we have their cassette that they put out last year, Double Dream of Spring, which got a 7.2. I'm going to set this line at a 7.7 7 and we'll open it up there. What do you What do you think? If it's a 7.7, 7, what are you 7, willing to take? 7.7? 7. Uh, I would take the slight over at a 7.7. 7. I bet they get a 7.9, 8.0. I'll take the under. Okay. Yeah. Sean under, Jake over 7.7. 7. Okay, then we have Panda Bear with buoys. Uh, so let's see. In terms of trends for his last few. So I know Panda Bear meets the Grim Reaper got a best new music. It did. It got an 8.7. 8.7. Very high. What did Tomboy get? Tomboy got an 8.5 wow okay in um, person pitch got a 9.4 okay um, let's see crossroads ep 7.1 uh a day with the homies which is from 2008 i don't remember this coming out oh yeah it's a vinyl only ep yeah 6.6 yeah. okay now i i think the argument here jake is pitchfork has been lower on animal collective releases this decade, but they're they're historically higher on Panda, Panda Bear than than Panda yeah. Bear than AV Tear. Uh, what are you, what are you feeling for this? So if it's a full length album, um, to me it feels like there might be some buzz. I feel like yeah. the line should be set at about an eight point three. That okay. feels like a fair. That's like just barely a best new music. Okay. What I would you take? That? I would take the under there. I think I would too. What if I said eight point two? I'd still take the under. I'll take the over at eight point two. Okay. So okay. let's set it at 8.2. I'll take the over. Okay. Sean under... So, so far, that's four unders for you, four un overs for me. Jake over 8.2. Which is like the opposite of how last year yeah. started out. I think, or maybe not. I don't remember. Uh, Lana Del Rey, Norman fucking Rockwell. Yeah. Now, Lana has never been that well-reviewed by Pitchfork in the past. But better than you'd think, maybe. Like, yeah. Like, Lust for Life... 7.7. 7. That's, that's okay. pretty good. That's pretty high. Um, honeymoon, 
7.5. Okay. Um, Ultra Violence, 7.1. Wow. Okay, um, that's better than I thought. And Born to Die was a 5.5. So Now, that's a different pitchfork, though. Like, yeah, that's... This, if, that, if, all, if that came out now, if Born to Die came out now, that's a best new music. I guarantee it. So, we have had, through her career, only an upward trajectory. Yeah. So, if we have, with Lust for Life, reached 7.7, this feels like a big artistic swing for her. Feels to me like the smart thing to do is set the line at, like... Again, at eight point three, I think this is more of an eight. You think it's an eight straight? I, I think I think eight is a fair number here because a lo- maybe an eight point one. I mean, I was going to set at eight point three, so I would take the over at an eight point one. I think. Okay. Do you want the under at eight point one? I'll take the under again. Yeah. So basically, what I'm doing here, Jake, is I'm hedging with my overall pitchfork bet where i'm saying like i'll take the unders here because if they go under that helps me with these even though it's hurting me in the overall so jake over 8.1 okay kanye west this is this is a a tough one what did yay get again i'm I'm checking right now it had something in the sevens i'm gonna check i think it was like a seven two let me check uh yay which was Way too favorable. Seven point one. Seven point one. Uh, and they gave kid, they gave kids see ghosts to seven point six. Uh, Life of Pablo got a nine even. Um, Jesus got a nine point five. Wow. And Twisted Fantasy, as we know, a got 10. a ten. Uh, the I, last ten that Pitchfork has given out. I think the line here should be about a seven five. I would agree with that. Um, I, I I would take the slight under on that. Uh, I don't know though, because it feels like Yandi. Just by virtue of like how much it's being hyped, it'll go over. Where, where were you thinking for the line? Seven five sounds fair. Um, man, I could go either way on that. I could be whatever you want. You can pick on that one. So tell you what, I I'll I'll take the over if we can have it at seven four. Uh, fine. Yeah. Okay. Sean under Jake over seven point four. Vampire Weekend. Okay. Six years in the making here. Now, they have never not gotten a Best New Music. No. And but the argument the other way is it's been six years. Vampire, uh, Modern Vampires of the City got... A 9.3. Oh, my God. Wow. That just seems like a pitchfork score of, wow. of yesteryear. Wow. Uh, Contra, 8.6. And self-titled debut, 8.8. Whew. So those are all high scores. Wow. Um, I don't think we can't go any lower than an eight five here, just off of historical numbers. Precedent. But would you take an over at eight five? I would not. Would you? I don't think I would. Exactly. So eight I, three. Eight three. I'll take the slight under. I would go under two. Eight one. Slight over. I'm I'm gonna go under. At eight one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm basically betting their luck has run out. Okay. Uh, Pup, Jake. Now, th- this is weak. Historically, this is tough because they've only put out two albums. And this isn't a band that Pitchfork really gives a shit about. Let's see. The Dream is Over. Got an Ian Cohen review of 7.8. Okay. That's all we That's have like, to go on. Oh, okay. They didn't even review the first record. They did not. Um... Interesting. It's a crapshoot, dude. It's like if it's a, if it's 
an incredible album. If it's like the best album anyone's ever fucking heard, it will get an 8.1 no best right. music. I think we got to put this a little lower. I, well, may, what if we stick it at 7.8 again and we're saying like either it does as well or I, better? I feel like the trend for all these... Well, it's tough to say because I, I want to say that the trend for these bands... Okay, 7.8. Fuck. I, I would take a slight under at 7.8. I'll gamble on the over there. Okay. Sean over Jake under. And I'm hoping that Ian Cohen is just like, nah, we need to like give this band some kind of attention for yep. what they're doing. And they get like a 7-9 or an 8 even or something like that. Uh, Chance the Rapper, Jake. Coloring Book was a critical darling in 2016. It, it, that it, got a, what, 9? It got at least a 9. I'm checking it right now. I believe it was a 9.3. It was a 9.1. <sighs> that's, um, that's over. That album's overrated. I really liked it when it, it came out. It's not a 9.1. Acid Rap got an 8.4. Um, other than that, he had his uh, Christmas album with Jeremy. Oh, it got yeah. an 8.1. <laughs> Jeremy. That's pretty good. Uh... Honestly, dude, with chance, I think we got to stick this at like an eight five. Eight five. Um, what would you take at eight five? Um, I'd take the under. I'll take the over. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They love chance. Sean under Jake over eight point five. Okay. Uh, Solange, Jake. Now this this one. What did uh? Seat at the table get a nine. Checking right now. Solange. Seat at the table. Got an eight point seven. But um, it was their album of the year. Something like that. Makes no fucking sense. Her previous album, True, got a seven eight. Okay. Um before that, she got a seven three, but all of that doesn't feel like it matters. No. It feels it like it, it we're really going from a seat in the, at, at the yeah. table. Yeah. Oh, so it's an eight point seven, which feels lower than they gave it. Um a new Solange. Excuse me, new Solange release. Oh, uh, on Pitchforks is coming this fall. So we have a while to wait on this okay, one. Okay, okay. To me, a fair line feels like 8 7. The yeah, number that, I know. That album I know. Oh, that's tough, man. Because honestly, this album is going to still be riding a wave of this is a capital I important artist, and we want to like yeah. get out in front of that. I would. What do you think? What do you want on that? Um, at an eight seven, um, I could see I could see it going over. I could see it being like an eight six and fucking me. Right, that's the the thing with all of these. Yeah. So I think that's the sign that it's a good line. Because what would you is. do at eight eight? I take the under, but you know yeah. I could still see that being an eight nine or a nine. Yeah, uh, and it not being like worth it though, like it not being deserving. But that's just me saying that. That's not. Because <laughs> album isn't for me, but you know, right? I mean, at an eight seven, I, you know what? I'm I would take the under there because I'd be rooting for an under no matter what. I'd be like, okay, you know, yeah, okay. I, I'll take the over. Okay, Jake over eight point seven. Okay. Hotel year, hotel. Now this is another one that's like Ian Cohen's gonna have to go to bat for them. So these ones are really are different because. There's a range of scores they can possibly get, and it really is between seven six and eight one. Pretty much. So goodness got an eight. 
Yep. Um, home, like, no places there, got an 8.2, which I forgot about. Yeah. That's like the A highest. non-best new music 8.2. Yeah. And it never goes out, got a 7.7. Which is high, like, even for that. Like, yeah. That's... So this really, I think, is based on home and goodness. I, th- I, I think. Which averaged at an 8.1, which we could set the line at. I think we should set it at 8. To me, it feels like 8.1 is the fair thing because it's the. I mean, the, both those albums were very well received. They were both well received by Pitchfork. They got 8.28. Eight. But you're betting that this next album is as good or better than their last two, which are basically classics of that genre. What are the odds of that? Tell you what, if, if, if you. I'll take the under in that case. I will. If we set it at 8.1, I'll take the under. So all day. No, here's what I'll say is if, if it's 8, if we set it at 8. Yeah. Would you give me a push or under? Yeah. Okay, we'll yeah. do that. Okay, okay. So because we did that with Lucy Dacus last year, yes, and I think Camp Cove. Sean under. Jake. No, I took push or under. Oh no, I want the under. I was just at eight. I said I was going to take oh, push oh, or under. Oh 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 oh. You okay, want so under that, eight? Yeah yeah. So now we gotta we gotta reset. What about if we put this at a seven nine? At seven nine. What do you want? What do you want the under still? I do. I think I do too. Seven eight. Um, that's when it starts to be. I would take a uh, pusher higher there. I, I mean, I would do that too. I'll take the over at seven eight. Okay. Okay. Fair. Sean under Jake over seven point eight. Fair. Okay. Uh, Tame Impala. So Current's got a best new music that was high, if I recall. Current's. I uh, got a 9.3. Whew, that's high, man. Um, and they were handing out nines that year like candy. They were. Because the, didn't, didn't Honey Bear get one too? Or maybe that was like an 8.8 eight or something? It was, I think Honey Bear was like an 8.8, eight, 8.7. Eight, yeah. Tame Impala's uh, Lonerism got a 9. Ooh, wow. And Inner Speaker got an 8.5. They've all gotten Best New Music. Wow, so okay. this new one feels like the safe thing to do is set it in that Best New Music I range. Think you have to. 8.5? Uh, 8.6? Eight, um, I tell you what, at eight six, give me push or under. Nah, it's too high. They're two last albums. I know, but you're sitting on unders today. I am. I, I, I'm pessimistic about a lot of these. Even coming off last year, where we got so much I know, less but it, than we it thought. Just, it, what I have a feeling that with these, some of these legacy artists are the ones that like. Pitchfork to me doesn't seem like they're in the business of propping up these like legacy acts anymore. It Dude. really feels like they're going to do slightly worse scores than what they deserve, and they're going to give best of musics to like weird as fuck artists that like we haven't heard of or we're not expecting. That's fair, man. But their love of Tame Impala is shown every single time, and like it's only been it'll be four years since Currents, which is their the one they like the most. It's pop forward. I'll take in. I'll take in over at eight four. That's what I was gonna say. I would. I would. Uh, you, you're gonna have to get it up to. You take it over at eight four. Yeah. I wouldn't take it under there. I think I'm trending more over than you. So you got to go. High, like, okay. So like I think. You would not take it. So over you're at feeling 8-5. over. I'm feeling under on this. We just got to find what the sweet spot. Eight 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 four, and you'd get the over. Tell you what, I'll give you. I'll take the, the I'll take the over at eight four. Okay. All day. Okay. Yeah, I'll take the over okay. at eight four. Sean under Jake over eight point four. 
Uh, run the jewels. Yeah. Okay. So run the jewels. Well received by Pitchfork. Their most recent album, RTJ3, got an 8.6. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, um, Run the Jewels 2 got a 9 even. And their first album got an 8.5. And Sean, uh, perhaps most importantly, an album I've never listened to and have no interest in listening to, Meow the Jewels, <laughs> got a cat emoji score, which okay. looking back seems like fucking lame. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, um, so the lowest score they've gotten is an 8.5. Wow. I and think we got to set it like this. There basically, right? Like eight five eight six. Yeah. It, 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 where do you want to set? I it? want the under. I am all in on unders. Give me the under eight six. No. Give me under eight five. No. Give me under eight four. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. You can have under eight four. Jake over eight point. Give me a push on eight four. Only if you give me a push on something else. It has to be even. Okay. So you got to give me a push uh, on how about Solange? And what do we set that at? Eight seven. Deal. Okay. Over or push? King push. Uh, Bonnie Vare. This one's gonna probably be pretty high. Let's see. Um, Twenty two a million from Bonnie Vare got a nine. Mm, nice. Um, before that, Bonnie Vare. Bonnie Vare. I think got a nine point five. Yep. Wow. And Very then, high. And then for Emma, if I remember, oh, it's not a best in music, 8.1. Okay. Lower than I thought. Yeah. Um, and the Blood Bank EP, for good measure, 7.9. Okay. So it feels like the um, 22 a million Bonnie Vare, Bonnie Vare era is more what matters yep. here. Yep. Um, I, what would you take? Uh, I'm feeling an 8.6, uh, and I would gamble on the over. I would actually take an over here at 8.6. If you push it to 8.7, you can have it. I don't want it then. That's a point, and he's never gone under 9 in like 10 years. All right, tell you what. You're strong-arming me into taking an over, Jake. You said you wanted an over at 8.6, which is an incredibly low number for Bonnie Vera. And the, the, the I mean, like, honestly, dude, like if, if we're being realistic, mm. the number we should really set mm-hmm. is like a 9 for him. I know we wouldn't do that. As it, but neither of us would take that. That's the thing. Yeah, I, that's true. I mean, like, I, I'll take... If you, if you give me 8.5 up, I'll take the over easy. Well, of course. You said you'd take the over at 8.6? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I would... I definitely wouldn't take the under at 8.6. No? No. You're going to have to take 8.7 or 8.8 or, like, higher. Okay, to... I'll take in over at 8.7. Um, okay, how about... Yeah, that's okay. fine. Okay. I'll take the under there. Okay. 8.7. Sean over Jake under 8.7. Okay. Grind. Right. Oh, this is going to be a fun one, This Jake. is an interesting one. Throw out the history books here. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll say what she got anyways. Okay. Just for the, the record. Okay. So, um, Art Angels, 8.5. Lower than I remembered. Uh, and Visions, 8.5. So so let's start from an 8.5. It's definitely going to be below that. Definitely under. Um, honestly, dude. An 8. Under. Me, yeah. 7.7. Seven. Under. 7.5. Honestly, dude, I think this album's going to get like a 7. Let's put it at 7. I'll take the over. Um, yeah. I, 
That's value. That's a value pick. Here's the that, thing. Here's the thing. I, I and you can have another push somewhere. Okay. But I, I kind of would like a push at seven. Seven or under. Fair. Okay. Fair. Sean over Jake under or push at a seven. And you can use a push somewhere else. Okay. If like we can. If it's talk natural, it out. sure. Yeah. Uh, the 1975. So they did. They got their first best new music with brief inquiry. Yep, I think they got like an eight five. Uh, yeah, let me check. I think you're exactly right with uh, with that. They got an eight point five for that. Okay, which it feels like it's really all that matters here. But I like it when you sleep, which feels like the precursor to this yeah. era. Got a six five. Okay, and before that, um, their debut got a five nine. How about this? Uh, an eight two. I'll take the over and a push on the eight two. And I'm basically saying, like, they're getting a best new music on this one, too, is, like, my bet here. Yeah. Uh, and you're saying your luck has run out already, 1975. It, it does feel as though, yeah, that that could happen. Um, I'll take the under on, okay. on an 8-2. Sean over or push in 8.2. These last few have balanced us in some way, yes. which feels better. Jake under 8.2. Oh, I don't need that there. Last one, Jake. Whitney. We have one record to go off of. It's Light Upon the Lake, and I think it got, it got an 8-3, so a low okay. best in music. Okay, um, They had an EP since then. I, I don't think it got reviewed. Uh, to me, honestly, 7-6 um, feels like a good line. Yeah, it, it feels like this is a band that has not done much for themselves in terms of press, nope. in terms of like... Making much noise, nope. doing much to garner. I think that they got a best new music, right? Yeah, best new music, eight point three. That feels like it's never going to happen again. Yeah, it feels like they captured a sound. Someone lobbied for it hard at Pitchfork. Yeah. To me, this feels like it's something that could come in that mid sevens range. I will take the under on that. On a seven six. Yeah. Would you take the under at a seven five? No. You take the over at a seven five. Yes. I will take the over 7.6. Okay. Sean under Jake over 7.6. And we are officially locked in for 2019 overs and unders. I took a lot of unders. But like I said, I'm hedging with my larger pitchfork bet. Um, We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. We sure will. So there's a possibility this year that for the overall that we push at 47. Yeah. For, yeah, for yeah, yeah. total numbers Could. of best new music. I hope it happens. It would be cool. It would be a tie. Yeah. The odds are slim. Um, so I think that wraps up this episode. Jake, how about for next week we we do that kind of state of the union of rap in 2019 and like what rap has sort of meant to us this decade and like where we're both at with it. I think that'd be fun. It sounds good. I'll have some listening to do before yeah. then. Cool. But that sounds great. Cool, cool. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. All right, man, we're on first of the year. First of the year. Um, I have two thoughts. Go ahead, yeah. Okay, one, uh, for Christmas, I received 
these socks among mm. two other pairs. Are those Christmas wreath socks? They're, they're Christmas wreaths. The other pairs had, uh, they were red socks with like Christmas lights on them. Sure. And another one was gray socks with gingerbread men on, oh, men nice. on them. Now, yep. I like these socks, but that kind of Christmas present's tough because it's like, I'm not going to really wear these after Christmas. Right. The fact that I even wore them today is it's maybe a, it's a, pushing it. It's pushing it. The reason I did was I'm like, well, it was just Christmas. Yesterday was New Year's. It's like, just we're just finishing the season. People will know if they see them. Like I probably just got them, mm-hmm. and even that's a leap of faith mm-hmm. that I'm making in other people. After today, I'm not going to wear any of those pairs. They'll sit in my drawer, take up space yeah, for a year. It is tough. I would have rather you got me, frankly, like dude, like if you just change these wreaths to like green circles, yeah. I'd be more likely to wear them. The alternative argument is people probably don't really see your socks that often. Depends for me because I tend to wear like I'll do like the the one flip up on the pant right, leg right, and I'll right. cross my legs Yo, a lot yep, and yep, they come yep, up. Yep, that's true. There's that thing. The other thing is that today's January second, which is uh, my half birthday. So there oh, you go. Oh, happy half birthday! Thanks, Sean. Jake. Wow, I'm big 20, day on the podcast. Twenty six and a half. Oh yeah. wow, wow! You're, you'll be twenty six and a half coming soon. I will February twenty fifth. Coming um, right up. My couple things. One. I've started now that we have a lull in in new music coming out. I've been going back and listening to stuff. I've been listening to Fifty Words for Snow" by Kate Bush. Yeah, um, great winter album. And I I had it was my second listen today, and I, I listened to the lyrics more closely. This album's absurd. It's so weird, but it's insanely good. Doesn't sound like something Kate Bush would do. Like just the shit she like. Okay. Let me give you an example. One song is about falling in love with a snowman, and the snowman melts. It's called Misty. And it's just like... Dude, that's like my thing about the ornament we have of the little snowman and his little raccoon friend. Yeah. It's like them. the raccoon's like giving him a glove or something. I forget what he's doing. And I'm like, I, whenever I see it, I'm like, well, he's going to lose his friend in a few months. Like, come spring. So sad. I know, yeah. His friend's going to become, like, dirtier and droopier, and then he's just going to die. This song was basically, like, the equivalent of that. There's another one that's about this group of people who are hiking, and they find, like, the Yeti. They find, like, the, like, abominable snowman, basically. Whoa. But they cover up his tracks, because they don't want the world to know that he exists. Because, like... They'll hunt him and kill him, basically. That's actually awesome. There's another song that has an Elton John duet in it. Whoa. That is about, like, like finding this person that you love, like, throughout history. And, like, being together for, like, one night. And then, like, seeing them again, like, decades later. But it's, like, it's a little abstract. Really yeah. interesting. And then the song 50 Words for Snow is literally different ways you can talk about snow and it counts it down or like it like counts it but like all different orders and stuff and it's like kate bush being like number 32 and then it's like this guy being like snow and then it's like that's the whole song it's just this guy riffing on different ways you can say snow it's literally 50 words for snow this album's insane but it's so good was one of them flurries uh by the time I like figured out what was actually happening in the song, I I missed a bunch, gotcha. and some of them were in different languages. <clears throat> so I've been listening to that, which is fucking crazy. And I've also been watching the '90s uh, that you recommended. Yeah, and I just watched the music one. It's cool, right? Really cool. It's a mile wide and an inch deep, but it's cool. Exactly. Very cool. Two things about that: one, it's really funny to hear '90s news anchors 
talking about like these insanely important and complex artists. Yeah. And they're like, uh, gangster rap or Frankster frap? What, like, yeah, and it's right. just the way they introduce stuff yeah. in this like uh, voice. Parents are worried that it yeah. might be dangerous. Right. And it's like Tupac that. Shakur yeah. was gunned down today. A violent life coming to a violent end. And it's just like, you have no idea what you're yeah. talking about. It's really whitewashed. I loved that episode. Um, the whole series is interesting. Mary-Kate and I are actually going back and watching the 80s now. Oh, nice, nice. I've seen most of the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, the 80s, I gotta say, is the one that by far least interests me. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Some of it's pretty cool. Like, I just watched the tech episode. That yeah. was pretty neat. The tech. one, the one Where the, things are going. Right, yeah. A lot of Steve Jobs in both okay. the 80s and yeah. the 90s. Um, and then and the, the, the second piece of the music one I thought was interesting was they talked about Radiohead like more than I thought they would. Yes. Yeah, and cool. I think don't you get excited when one of your bands yes. is on it? I'm always like, hell yeah, yes. Ooh, give me more. Uh, they made a great point that you can really chart Radiohead's career as an accurate representation of what happened with music in the '90s. You start out with like Creep and Pablo Honey, and it's more of like. You know, it's a little bit of a stretch, but Creep is like kind of that grunge sound. It's it definitely, a little heavier. It definitely is. But then you get into the bends and it's more of the Britpop stuff and kind of aligns with like Oasis and all those bands. Then you have OK Computer, which is like things are getting more experimental and like varied uh, towards the end of the 90s. And I never thought of it that way, but it's a really good point where I was like, oh, wow, Radiohead did kind of change with the decade and... Maybe not set the tone for it, but at least aligned with a lot of the different trends. Yeah, the Radiohead thing is cool. Like, I always think it's... It, it, there's a certain comfort in watching a documentary and knowing the beats. Oh, 100%. I've done it with Anthology yeah. before. Anything, like, where it's something that I, I know the story. I love... Dude, I'm such a sucker for shit like this. Oh, like, yeah. I, I, two things. One, I'm a sucker for, like... At, like, as an example with Radiohead, like, they show them playing Creep and, mm -hmm. like people not understanding it and i get to know that like hey like they're gonna about to be the most important band right of any of these they're right. gonna outlast all of you yeah but at the time they're just this buzz band with a with one song and an album that didn't get received that well yeah it's really um, interesting yeah it is the other thing is on any of those types of shows like the sort of like really quick digest version of a, of a decade or a year like i love the 90s mm -hmm. i love the 80s was an example of this I am so interested now in the talking head performance art. Me too. Of like, you have to distill it down to it, it, it's 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 a tone and it's like a thing he says. You'd be like, okay, computer really changed everything <laughs> yeah. because now we're talking about there's computers going on. This is a this is a look into the future of rock music. We we'd never had that before. And what's funny is the way you talk about it. like if you're trying to have a conversation with somebody or talk about it in a long form way the way you talk about it that way does not actually translate well to little sound bites like no. you need to say things in a certain way yeah. to get the sound bite yeah like i was watching one about the the 80s yesterday they were talking about like the go-go's and um the bangles and stuff like that and like girl groups from the 80s who played guitars and wrote songs and like the the sound bites are so funny. It's like it's, you're talking. So these are this these are girls playing guitars 
and they're they're really good and they're doing it on their own. This this hadn't happened before. That's like there's our soundbite. That's the soundbite for like all that kind of stuff. Right. And I both like am privy to it and understand oh, yeah. what's happening and know that I'm being sold something. Definitely. And also like love it and like oh, yeah. really look forward oh, to yeah. it. Oh yeah, I do too. It's it's awesome. And that's like part of the appeal of those. Hey, did you see our boy Stephen Hyden on one? I did. He was yes. talking about what was he talking about again? Like uh he talked about Nirvana yeah. and he talked about Radiohead as well. It was cool to see him yeah, on. Yeah, it was. And then um Alan Seppenwall was on the TV one as right, well, right. which is cool. I love that they get these like culture writers Dude, to be on there. You and I are like the like literally the audience for this. Oh yeah, I know. Or it's just like ooh, like I, I even like the history ones too. Oh, I do too, and I'm mentally taking notes of all of them when um, we have to be on CNN's the 2010s. Dude, and, like we will be. And, yeah, and we do a good job though. We'll never be on it, but we would do a good job because we know how to play ball. Like now, in Sky Ferreira, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with her album, you know, she showed her nipple on the album cover, and it wasn't supposed to be uh, sexy. This you know? wasn't something you did then. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> and to see that, no, that's uh, shocking. I, oh, I, I, that. I love that stuff. I do too. Very much a sucker for it. Uh, this will probably be a pretty long episode, so we should dive in. We should definitely dive in here. Okay, ready? Three, two, one.